Welcome to the Nebraska Hour. I'm Jimmy Nebraska. Yes, you are. Greg's here again. Yes, he is. Like always. So, Greg, uh, emergency podcast today, kind of, right? Dude, Nebraska, big trouble. Can't follow the rules. So, I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge deal. The the Nebraska the story came out today. Nebraska is getting investigated by the NCAA for infractions. Um, it sounds like that Scott Frost probably just really messed up with the whole communication with players in the offseason last year from COVID, and had group workouts when he wasn't supposed to, and a bunch of just a bunch of shit. Innocent accident. Nothing to see here. All innocent. No- it was an accident. We didn't mean to cheat. You know, so last year, though, uh, during the whole COVID kind of stuff, when the, you know they couldn't be together and all this stuff, Frost was very vocal about how he would rather have his players be together than isolated, and it's better to have them on campus than at home, um, wherever they're from, and have no supervision and not be focused on the goals that they're trying to achieve. Um, so he probably – like skirted the rules a little bit and got the players together to have workouts and communication through, I guess, analysts and some people that were in the program that are not supposed to talk to players. Listen, man, listen, 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 listen. Let me remind you of a little story about a quarterback who got in trouble for doing exercises in a park. All right. Who got in trouble for meeting up with some wide receivers at like a high school field and throwing a ball back and forth. That quarterback's name was Tom Brady, and his football team went on to win the goddamn Super Bowl, okay? So what I'm getting at is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. If if you want to win a national championship, these are the kind of things you have to do. You can't let something like a global health pandemic like in any way stunt your team building exercises in the offseason. <laughs> I like I like your style there, bud. I like yeah. your style. Um, you know, uh, what I, are we I teaching these kids? Frost Frost speech last year about how he'd rather have his players together was very positive. Um and he also has an agenda. Yeah, uh, a big fucking salary has, to justify it. And that dude has is a very good uh, speaker, um, and he relates very well to the Husker fan base as being the like real calm, conservative, like like Tom Osborne kind. Doesn't yeah. go too far. Doesn't say anything outlandish. Very monotone tone of voice most of the time. Um, so he relates very well to all the, all the community and stuff, and Husker fans in the area. And uh, this is they don't Nebraska did did not take COVID very seriously anyway. If you look at the maps, it looks like Nebraska has no COVID cases because they just don't report. Um, so Frost is just following what the state's doing. Now the NCAA doesn't agree with that, and neither does the federal government or most people actually. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be a big deal. It's not like he was um, illegally recruiting or having any kind of like a sex wow. party. Well, well, well wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not like that, they know that was alleged to have happened. <laughs> well, there's been, I mean, you know, alleged, and there's been some programs in the past that are very well, like the boat party right. from CU a long time. Right, but know, what, like I'm, was, what I'm, what I'm, what my point is, that's not what we're talking about right now. Nobody's coming out and saying, "Hey, 
they illegally recruited this so and so or anything like that right now. That I mean, let's not let's not imply it's not happening. Let's just say that's not what we're talking about at the moment right now. Exactly. We're just talking you know, about like COVID, COVID protocol. Yeah. The allegations are not like uh uh really detrimental as far as like scholarships revoking or yeah. like death penalty, you know, like really bad yeah. um penalties. He, He's not, it's not Baylor athletics, right? Basketball or football. It's yeah, not it like, murder. yeah, it's not like 40 people all cheating in the same class at Florida State where they go after the <laughs> athletic program. But, you know, they don't really do anything to the other, like, you know, a couple hundred non athletes that also cheated in the same class. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's just not that big a deal. I mean, it's a big deal. Like, hey, let's take a global health pandemic seriously. But, I understand that in in his mind and in the mind of his community around him, football is the priority, and we will be ready to go play football when it's time to go play football. Yes. I mean, Nebraska, they fought to have a Big Ten season last year anyway with the lawsuits with players, all that kind of stuff. Nebraska oh, yeah. was a catalyst to make sure the Big Ten season happened. Yeah. Um, now, they had a very tough schedule last year almost punishment that they are all their big games were on the road last year and the schedule was kind of weird because they were doing home away home away and last year it was all the biggest games were on the road and it's like oh yeah you guys want to play that bad you're trying to sue the big 10 on this stuff well then fuck off we're gonna make it real hard for you yeah um nebraska's football team i mean i looked at the over under win total we oh we did that last week right yeah, well, you you and I you and I did it uh, off pod. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You and I did it when you bought me. And by the way, thank you for lunch the other day. That was very nice. It was very nice to see you while I was in town. Um, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. You seem yes. like you're in a really good place and good mood, man. Like you seem like you had a really good time being here. Uh, I um, had a, I had a great weekend. I I got to do all all my favorite Denver things uh, real quick in one weekend and get out of there. So uh, um, I am I'm I had a good time. I had a very good time. It was probably one of the first times I've seen you uh, on a vacation mode in a town in the city that I live in. Yeah, for a long, long time. When I first met you, you were kind of on vacation mode a little bit, but you would didn't even know if you're going to move here or not yet. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, it, it was really cool, man. It was good to see you. It was awesome. It was it was good to be seen. Good to be seen. But um, um I, you know, it's uh, back to Nebraska. Back to the back to this football situation. The the fact that you and all Cornhusker, what do you guys call it? Husker Nation or something? Huskers? Yes. All, yes. The, all, all the Huskers um, always have a everybody's out against us. Uh, everybody's out against us. Us against them attitude. I love it. Uh, it's it's they stacked the, the schedule against us because they were mad at us because we wanted to play football. Like, I just. I just, I love that attitude, buddy. I love it, man. I love it. Us no, and, uh, for a long time, it was, the Huskers were treated very well, and we have this, like, advantage, like, in 97 to get rated, get ranked higher, higher to go to the, to the championship. 2001 against Miami, we got crushed by Colorado. Didn't even play in the Big 12 championship game. Still played against Miami in the, in the national championship game. Um, the Brassers had an advantage for – Rate for uh, media and rankings and stuff like that for a pretty long time. And then the last 15 or so years is different. Uh, we're not the same program anymore either, which makes a lot of sense. And the draw for Nebraska to be on TV in a big time schedule spot isn't the same anymore either. So I'm probably one of the most reasonable Nebraska fans. 
I'm not, I'm not like all in drinking the Kool-Aid, think that we're going to be title contenders all the time. Uh, I have several friends that are like that. One is Brock. Man, Brock thinks we're going to win nine games every year. Shout and out to Brock. Shout to- out to Brock. He's man, yes. When's uh, he going to come talk on the on the on the BYA Bushwood and pick some golfers? Dude, uh, we should get him on there, man. We should. Maybe uh, maybe awesome. next season. Maybe next oh, season cool. he can do the podcast with me every week and with me and Casey and Corey and pick golfers um for the uh for the tournaments. Yeah, he could. Uh, he's the southern version of Carl Speckler. Yeah, I love it. So he knows about golf for sure. Um, but yes, I think Nebraska would be fine. I, uh, I would take the under win total this year for as much as I could possibly take it for and not like be broke if I lost. Um, but I think it's six. Was yeah, that a number six what, or six and a half? I, 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 I bet under six and a half when we were at lunch the other day. See, this isn't, this pod isn't, this pod isn't some manufactured bullshit. Like we're really like. Hanging out and placing bets whenever we're kicking it because we're talking about sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just having lunch and a couple of beers, man. We're, we're placing bets and chatting about what, what we're doing next. Football season about all kinds of stuff. You know, I hit but, it pretty um, hard. I hit it pretty hard. <laughs> under six and a half for Nebraska. Yeah, uh, there's. I don't think there's any way we're winning seven games. So you're pretty safe, I think. If we win seven games, I would be very impressed, especially with the Huskers transfers that because, like, the one dude, a couple of guys left. Some of the best players left. Wondell Robinson, probably the best player we had last year, left. Um, his mom is sick in Kentucky, so we transferred to Kentucky. So Kentucky might be really good next year, actually. I mean, considering it's Kentucky. Um, Correct. They've had some pretty good seasons anyway. But uh, we've lost a lot of players, and I think the under six and a half is probably a pretty safe bet. Good. Uh, I don't think Nebraska is going to – nothing's going to come of this investigation thing. Uh, they're going to yeah, protect Frosty. A, right, it'll be a slap on the wrist at worst. And Trev Alberts is the new AD for Nebraska, and he's going to smooth everything over because he's beloved by Husker fans everywhere as potentially the best linebacker ever to come from Nebraska um, college career. And the best pro career, obviously, is Levante. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, so I bet that Super Bowl ring looks real nice on his hand. Dude, man, the Lante is a superstar. He makes every made every tackle in college. Like he, I think he was probably involved in almost every single play. He was his number. He was right there for every play. If you watch the videos, he's in the screen every time. Yeah, he was the Ray Lewis uh, of the well, Nebraska like football. <laughs> yeah, man, he's he's the man. He was an undersized linebacker, and then but Nebraska kind of had this idea that football was changing and we had undersized linebackers that were faster and good coverage and blitzers before the rest of the league changed. And then going to the big 10, Nebraska was supposed to be fast and athletic and the big 10 is supposed to be strong power game. And the big 10 evolved faster than the rest. Um, a lot of that's just because Ohio state can recruit and get players in Nebraska. It's hard to get players to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Why is Lincoln, Nebraska harder to get players than, say, I don't know, Columbus, Ohio? Um, man, Columbus is a really big city. It is? Actually, you know, like, Columbus is the biggest city in Ohio. Wait a minute. Cincinnati and Cleveland are both in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Huh. 
It, you wouldn't think that. But yeah, Columbus is the biggest city in Ohio. Wow. Um, Nebraska used to get players because traditionally they're always good. And then if you're not good, it's hard to get players to come. You know? So, like, I think it'd be easy to get players to come to Boulder because the Colorado atmosphere and all this stuff, like recruiting to Boulder sounds easy. Denver's um, right there. It's mountains and Denver's beautiful. It's awesome, right? Uh, I don't understand how it's easy to get players to come to Tuscaloosa, Alabama and not to Lincoln. Well, but Tuscaloosa is a short drive, short drive from Atlanta. Uh, it's not that far from Atlanta at all. So. Exactly. Also, you know, the Saban is a pro factory, pretty much. And Nebraska has not been that way for years and years and years. So it's easier to say, hey, man, you want to go pro, come play for me if you're Nick sure. Saban in Alabama or any SEC team pretty much in general. Uh, in Nebraska, when you're winning four games and you haven't produced an NFL talent for a long time, it's hard to get guys to come play for Makes sense. The last Husker receiver to go to the NFL, I think it was Irving Fryer. And that was a long time ago. Wow. He was the number three pick, I think. Number two or three pick for the Jets, I believe. Um, but other than that, I mean, Nebraska hasn't had a receiver or uh, any skill position player go pro and do really well for a long, long time. You know, you think uh, Amon Green was a Husker player, probably the best pro Husker ever. Until Levante. Uh, well, oh, I mean, you mean out of offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just a skill position player. Yeah, skill. He's no ever for Nebraska. Lots of running backs, Roger Craig, uh, you know, Tom Rathman. But those were years and years ago. Now those, like the kids, the recruits now, they weren't even born with that. Yeah, you know? they used to put a bunch of the big guys in too, right? A bunch of linemen, but not anymore. Yeah, always linemen. Um, and Dominican Sue, Grant Wistrom, tons of defensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, Jared Tomich, the the Peters brothers, Christian and Grant Peter, were both in the pros. But that's, I mean, that the time has passed for Nebraska for that kind of stuff. So I have one more question. Uh, while we're on on Nebraska football, and before we go, uh, talk about whether or not the Indiana Pacers fix their problems. The question is this. Is the name, image, and likeness situation going to help Nebraska return to its uh, uh, former glory? Like, uh, is the state of Nebraska and the, the business owners throughout Nebraska going to kind of funnel the, the, some money through the system legally and, um, you know, get some tractor sponsorships for the offensive linemen and stuff like that? Uh, I think that that's really going to help Nebraska out a lot. Uh, a lot of that's because Nebraska's booster situation is a lot of rich guys. So they have a lot of money to throw around for that kind of stuff. And if you get an offensive lineman that wants to – like the guy that plays for the Broncos just, now. Um, I John Deere. Just do John Deere sponsorships for all the offensive linemen. And, you know, yeah. you, you're, you're, you're golden. Cabela's. Uh, yeah. Whatever from Nebraska. Yeah, Cabela's is from Nebraska. Um, all those kind of things. Uh, even like runs uh, – all the the Omaha Mutual, all the kind of like local Bird Nebraska shot. kind of thing. Oh, Omaha Mutual bankrolling the offensive line is great. So, or the defensive line. Yeah, just all – like, You know, protect yeah. your money, you know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's great, dude. Um, what about Omaha Steaks? You can get them involved with the with the big guys too. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of you know, Nebraska beef kind of things. Berkshire, of Hash- Berkshire Hathaway can get involved and just give houses to recruits. 
yeah, there, yeah, there you go. You know, um, there's a lot of options for that kind of stuff in Nebraska. Omaha has a really big market for a lot of um, financial investment firms and security firms, stuff like that. So you can use, you can, it's easy to have a lineman contract to protect your money or secure yeah. your house, or, you know, whatever you want to do. Do some um, NFTs and Bitcoins and stuff or yeah, whatever. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, they should, I mean, one of the ideas I had a few weeks ago was about how you could start a crypto, uh, you know, hustle crypto. Yeah, where Hus- like, you know, you Huscoin. reward. You could use name, image, likeness. You could reward players for for good play and just put their picture on the coin or whatever. Yeah, H U S K O I N Huscoin. You're for yeah. you're, you're golden. Oh man, golden. I shit. I should edit that out. <laughs> There's a lot All of right. things they could do that way. I, I'm curious to see if any if any university encourages a cryptocurrency. Um, for the football team, where if you you know you could Listen. buy in, and you basically reward the players if the if the coins price goes up, then there's dividends or whatever to players if they yeah. perform well or whatever. Brilliant. There's some sort of way to design that. I think it enables the common fan to to be part of the uh, the 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 whole operation by buying in coin and trading in, tra- in these coins. They can be they can be uh, in- increasing the value of the coin and therefore helping compensate the player. I see what you're saying. What I think that the what the Nebraska Cornhusker operation needs to be in touch with Kool-Aid. And Kool-Aid needs to do a cool sport drink. Like a whole line that competes with Gatorade. That's all healthy and no none of the sugar that Kool-Aid has. You have Kool-Aid still you can still sell the Kool-Aid, but you put out bottled sports drink called Cool Sport and you then just plaster every football player's face on bottles and you use the and use the players to put it all out. And it's your, you know, it's it's your slap in the face and your answer to, you know, the the fuckers from Gainesville who have Gatorade. Right? Like you got you yeah. got you I got like cool it. sport. I, I never thought about that actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Um so that's two fucking ideas I should edit out this podcast. Shit, man. We better get a hold of Kool-Aid. We need a market. Make sure we get a yeah. You know, I thought about doing a marketing school anyway a long time ago. I think I'd be good at coming up with the idea for that kind I'm of stuff. I'm just giving away gold here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Every week, man, we're just giving away gold. <laughs> Somebody should hire me to their marketing staff, whatever it is. Or like their political spin team. I'd be good at that, too. I'd be really yeah, good at we, that. I think we'd both be good at that, actually. That's something I'm really interested in as well. Uh, the HR kind of thing, PR kind of deal. You know, you got to spin a story. Uh, yeah. It's not that. Yeah. You no, know, we. It's, it's gonna be fine. Misunderstanding. You'd be your your unique talents would be beneficial because you could also double as the cleaner, the fixer when there's any problems <laughs> late at night. You know. So. Not a cover. Not a cover. <laughs> let's get let's get into this uh, Indiana Pacers team. Um, all right. All right. They. Uh, you know, they were outside of the playoffs because they are not, they're just not there yet. But let's see. Let's look at this uh, this roster. They didn't really, they're kind of running it back in a lot of ways because, you know, Doug McDermott's gone and Aaron Holiday's gone. Is that, is that, is he Drew's brother? Um, yes. Okay. Yes. And then what about Ju- is Justin Holiday Drew's brother also? The yes, both holiday all the holidays are related. 
Uh, I'm okay. not sure. And two Dust- of them were on the were on the Pacers last year, but only one is still yeah. under under contract. Aaron so, Holiday's like gone. Yeah, Aaron Holiday's gone. Doug McDermott's gone, and then like Jakar Sampson's the contract is up, and you know, uh, uh, what's what's more important is who's still there, right? Like they, they still got for Sampson for a one year deal though. Oh, I there believe. you go. So then you then you have Brissett or O'Shea Brissett, and then Kellen Martin is that Kenyon Martin's son? It's Keelan, actually. Keelan, but is it Kenyon's son? Um, I don't know that actually because okay. uh, they have the they have Kenyon Martin Jr. plays for the Rockets. Right. I didn't know if he had an all brother also in the NBA or. Cousin. I'm not sure if the Martins are both related or not. Okay. Actually, so he's still under contract, and then Edmund Sumner and Goga Goga Britatzi Britatzi Okay, T.J. McConnell, and like we mentioned, Justin Holiday, and then Jeremy Lamb, T.J. Warren, Karis Levert, Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis, and Malcolm Brogdon. They have a pretty solid base. Yeah, they got players, dude. They got a roster. Dude, T.J. Uh, Warren in the bubble was incredible. Yeah. Uh, bubble T.J. Warren is one of the best players ever, apparently. He's, he scored 40 fucking points a game for those seven or eight games that they played before the before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so he's a scorer. So they have a solid there. Jamie, I love Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb is the best mid-range player in the game, maybe. Both T.J. Warren and Jeremy Lamb are entering the last year of their contract. So yes. they'll be yes. motivated to ball the fuck out. Um, Karis, Le- Karis Levert, I really like a lot. Uh, he has a lot of injury problems. When you got, if you remember last year when he got traded to the the Pacers, um, he did the physical and he had the um, heart problem or whatever it was or a tumor or something like that, right? I don't remember the details, but I remember there was a medical issue when he got to Indiana. That he got that it got caught because he got traded. So lucky for him. Good for um, him. He's a baller also. Miles Turner is also a ball. I always love Miles Turner. Yeah. Um, great rebounder, can shoot it. Obviously, Sabonis is a man. Yeah. And Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon uh, I have hopes for him. He's getting paid a lot, at least. <laughs> Twenty million a year. Twenty-one or something. Uh, Twenty-one-seven a year right now. Uh, he was amazing for Virginia a couple of years ago. It's not even a big number to me anymore after some of the contracts that basketball players have been getting lately. Yeah, but that's like the, the average for the star players, about 20, 25 between there. Sure. And then there's the super max guys that are 40 or whatever. You know? Yeah, and now we're seeing yeah. 50s. Man, the NBA's salary is just insane. They're, they're we're getting close play- to soccer salaries then, yeah. Their players' association is strong, and they negotiated a 50-50 split with ownership, and that's what they get. They get half of the dollars that come in, and the fact is, or whatever it is, it's something like 50. And, you know, the, the fact is, there's only, you know, 15 players on every team. So that money gets cut up in as, you know, and into really big chunks because it's a really big fucking pie. That's true. It's true. Um, so what do you think about the Pacers roster? I think it's they already, solid. They have already set up. I think it's solid, but I don't think it's um, playoff run. I think it's make the playoffs solid if everybody stays healthy and everything goes well. But I don't think it's um, make any kind of advancement through the playoffs. 
I think there has to be some situation where you package a couple of these guys up and you're going to have to throw in TJ Warren or Jeremy Lamb or one of these guys with the, you know, expiring contracts or whatever, whatever you have to do. But you package some of these pieces together and go get uh, a, a bigger piece or two that um, that works in the system. And, and then maybe you can make a run, but you don't have the, you have the roster to make the roster. You don't have the roster to win in the playoffs, you know. So let's see. So who, so they added in the draft Chris Duarte, who I think is phenomenal. Probably the best shooter in the draft. Just spot up knockdown shooter. Um from Oregon. Yeah. Uh they also added they had a couple they had a couple draft picks, first round picks. They added Isaiah Jackson from from Kentucky, who I really like a lot. So he's got a solid backup for for Badazzi or uh, Miles Turner or Sabonis, whoever. None, one of the three isn't healthy all the time. So they kind well, of stirred up that back spot. They also added Dwayne Washington Jr. from Ohio State, who I thought was just an absolute star in college and then obviously huge letdown in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um. I think he's a plug-and-play guy as well. So him and Duarte are just immediate impact guys. Isaiah Washington, I'm not sure how he's going to do in the NBA. He didn't play a lot of games last year in Kentucky. And Kentucky wasn't very good last year. But athletically, he's a freak. He's 6'10", 230 or whatever, and he's a monster. Um, he's not a shooter, but rebounding. He's like a, a more of a – outside shooter than than Rudy Gobert, but that kind of style of player where you want him to be taking two-foot shots and dunks and rebounds. Um, but maybe he'll develop in something else as well. Miles Turner was that same guy before, too, in, in college, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, TJ McConnell, I love. He is the hustler kid that just never stops. True point guard, like old-school true, true point guard. Sabonis is Sabonis. He can shoot it. He can pass it. He can do everything. Um, I don't know if they kept Cassius Stanley or not. I don't see no. anything. I didn't see anything about that. No, he's not um, under contract right now. They haven't listed Okay. Hmm. I hope that oh. they go sign him. What they have, do. I mean, what, what, what their strength is, is depth. They've got a lot of basketball players. So they're going to be able to handle a couple injuries if they have to. They're going to be able to still be effective. Um, they're gonna be able to, you know, spread out minutes, you know, if everybody's okay with with the ball, you know, sharing the ball. But when it comes down to it, you know, they they're gonna need to package a couple guys together and go and get better. Because I don't think like the top of that, I don't know. I don't think it's enough. I just don't think it's enough. I don't Sabonis think. I great. think that their their roster is very similar to the Bulls last year. Yeah. They have a couple big guys, a couple guys. But they don't have the ability to make a really deep run at all. But they're they're they're, the two, they're in a position to make two moves and really improve. You know, I'm like they they're in a position. They're that they're that step right before you go bring in some guys or you go make the magic. They've they've put the pieces together. They got the assets. So I think it's hard for the Pacers to make a big time move for a trade, because um, I don't know who they would go get. To that would fit. They would want to come to Indiana. No rush. You wait and see what the who the next disgruntled superstar is. 
at the because the you we, what we know from the last few months is that there from the last few years I mean there's always a disgruntled superstar who wants out and so at the trade deadline this year look for a deal involving T.J. Warren and Jeremy Lamb and a future pick or or maybe one of these guys they just drafted um, to go get player X who's fed up with his team not getting there um, even if player X hasn't. Even if player X ha- only has a year or two left on their deal, like you look for the big home run trade in the in you know at the trade deadline. I think the Nuggets, the Nuggets didn't having a lot of depth for a while, and then they drafted very well, developed very well. So if you're gonna move a guy, I want to get. If I'm the Pacers, I want to get draft picks because then I have a chance to get two more star players organically yeah. through the draft and not sure. have to trade for them. That works um, too. That works too. Step- what if? What if all of a sudden one of these teams that have that have stockpiled a bunch of picks all of a sudden realize, oh, wow, look, we're a player away from making a run to the playoffs. Let's trade some of these picks for a player that can help us this year. Boom, you got a deal. You got a deal. Miles Turner might end up being a very, very good player. He's already very good. He might be a very dominant player in the next few years. Uh, he kind of had a little bit of breakout season, and then the COVID year was kind of messed up for him. Uh, I so I kind of think that this next season Malcer might have a fantastic year. Um, so maybe a team that's just that's right there to, to, to contend would trade for Miles Turner, and then you get two first round picks. And then I'm not sure what the draft's gonna look like in the next few years, obviously. But eventually, maybe the Pacers end up drafting Bronny, and then you're a star team. Yeah, and then and then you get you get old LeBron coming and signing for that two year vet minimum just to play with his son, you know, when he's 38, 39, 40 years old, and he's really just an assistant coach out on the, out of the court. Uh, that'd be cool. I think that'd be cool too. That'd be cool. Um, I don't think the patients have fixed themselves, but they're in a position to make moves to be, to become fixed. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about this. I really like Goga Badazzi also. I just like that. Just the name is cool. He looks like he should be in a mob, like a uh, Eastern European mob movie or something like that. I just <laughs> like the guy. He's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I mean, they're on the right track, though. They still have all their draft picks for next year. They, if they don't do as well this year, if they get to like that last lottery spot and get lucky a little bit and get an eleven or ten pick, they, they're on the right track to really make some moves. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that I could see these guys coming up just short of making the playoffs. And even though there's a little buzz about them because they've had a pretty good offseason, or not really, but they've reinvested in the team and they stockpiled this talent, is what I really should say. They had a good draft. I wouldn't mind trying to have a look at the odds to see uh, make, miss, yes, no, make the playoffs kind of a bet and to bet them to not make the playoffs. Um, and then if I have to hedge, you know, late in the season because, oh, wow, they're in the playing game or something, that's cool too, you know. I like that. I mean, also, they're pretty young, man. T.J. Warren's only 27, Laverge 26, Turner's 25. So maybe one of these guys has a breakout year and really developed, developed well, and they finally got the feel of the NBA, and they're going to be so they're gonna be stars. Malcolm Brogdon's only 28. Um, there's a, they have a lot of depth and a lot of young players. Too. They they remind me of the Hawks going into last season when they had a lot of young talent, or really in the middle of the season, but 
you know, I, you know, really, it's. I think they're they're having a great year if Malcolm Brogdon has a great year. All right, I get that. Yeah, um, they could increase their win total by five by five wins probably if they have a, if he has a great year. Yeah, if him and Miles Turner both have great years and stay healthy, they can really they can increase their win total. I still think they're on the outside looking in the playoffs, but they can yeah. they can do have a better season for sure. Ceiling is six seed, seven seed. It's I mean they're not. They're, I don't see. I don't think we're gonna blink and say, wait a minute, how did the Pacers get the three seed in the East? You know that's not gonna happen. But like if they have, if everything goes right, maybe they get to the six or seven seed. You know what's really crazy? Also, so um, they're playing. They're paying Monte Ellis still this year. Really? I love Monte Ellis. Yeah, they're paying Monte Ellis two point two four five million dollars here still. I love Monte Ellis. I wish he'd yeah. just come back and play. I wish somebody would sign Monte Ellis. Still. He's thirty five. That whole NBA playoff situation, I mean, uh, uh, contract situation, is crazy to me. Those contracts are you get every penny. It's beautiful. Yeah, if you're a player, man, it's beautiful. And I'd rather be. I'm on the side of the players and the owners for sure. Always. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I don't think that there's a lot of improvement there. I really like Isaiah Jackson. I really like um, Duarte also. And I think that, that Washington is a chance to be an impact player right away. Uh, I might look at Duarte's odds to be rookie of the year even. Wow. It's probably a really big number. There's a lot of good basketball have players. Rookie. Coming in this year, it, there is, a, there is. it would be tough. You, you're probably right. You would get a big number because there's, it's a, it's an uphill battle. You know, there's a lot of competition for it this year. I think that either of those of the of Jalen Green or Jalen, um, I forget the other dude's name. Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. Yeah, both of those guys are good. I think that Cade Cunningham's probably the. I mean, he's the favorite for sure. Oh, uh, so from four, Florida State is the, is the play. Duarte is plus 3,000. There you go. It sounds like you're kind it's of a pretty good number. Yeah, it's one of your favorites. Isaiah Jackson plus 6,500. There's some pretty big numbers there, man. There's some pretty big yeah. numbers. Like um, I said, there's a big field of potential, God, potential there. Yeah. All right, like, man. Yeah, well, I'm going to look into some of the rookie numbers. We'll prep for, for later here. It seems like it seems to me like the Pacers have not fixed their everything, but they're they have set themselves up to fix everything soon. Yeah, they're they're two years out, a year the away from being a year away. Yes, exactly, exactly. Right. But I think that's about it, man. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up here, and uh, we're gonna do the Celtics next. Nice. We'll talk soon, and uh, we'll find updates. We'll do updates about the Huskers as, as the story moves. All righty. All right. Peace out, buddy.